let me ask you a question. I want to talk to you today, first of all, about the devil's scraps. The devil's scraps. Now, you didn't think I'd be titled in a message, The Devil's Scraps. You, you, you do believe in God, don't you? And we, we spend all our time on the Lord around here, but once in a while we'll say some things about the devil simply because the Bible says if we're ignorant of his devices, we'll be taken advantage by him. So uh, there is really a devil, there's demons, there, there really are, and the devil's scraps. Now, does anybody know what a scrap of food is, a scrap of food? Something, have you ever had uh, scraps of food and there was a dog around when you were eating? And that dog will come up and, and he'll, want, uh, he'll want the scraps. Is that right? And have any of you ever thrown the scraps from the table down to the dog? You never have? Well, how many's ever, how many knows what I'm talking about? You, 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 don't want, you have a clue? You have a dog come up and they'll want you to throw them you know, a piece of food from your plate. Are you all familiar with that? Or? Yeah. And uh, I wonder, is there anybody tired of sitting under the devil's table and eating his scraps? Too many Christians are sitting under the devil's table eating the scraps, that the, the leftovers that the devil has. Let's talk about how to get out from under the devil's table and from eating his scraps. I think that'd be a good thing to look at. Go to the book of Judges, chapter 1, verse 4. Judges, chapter 1, verse 4. It says, then Judah went up, these are God's people, and the Lord delivered the Canaanites. This is Judges chapter 1 verse 4. Judah went up and the Lord delivered the Canaanites and the Perizzites into their hand. And they killed 10,000 men at Bezek. So the Lord's army is marching now and they're having victory. And they found Adonai Bezek. Now this was an evil, evil king who had done much harm over the many past years to many people, including Israel. And they found Adonai Bezek in Bezek and fought against him and they defeated the Canaanites and the Perizzites. Then Adonai Bezek fled. This man flees, this king. His armies are defeated and he flees. And the people of God, now the armies of God are after him. And they pursued him and caught him and cut off his thumbs and big toes. Now think about that. We're talking about how are we going to get out from under the devil's table eating his scraps. They catch this evil king and they cut off his thumbs and his big toes. Notice the big toe. Interesting, isn't it? And Adonai Bezek said, now here's what he said. Now listen to this. Seventy kings with their thumbs and big toes cut off used to gather scraps under my table. Now think about that. This evil king for many years, now, now he's been captured, but for many years past, he would, his armies would go out and fight. And, and, and then when the troops were defeated, he would get the kings... And he'd take the kings, and what did he do to these 70 kings? He would cut off their what? Their thumbs and their big toes, and he would put these kings under his table, and he'd throw them the scraps. You see that? Thumbs and big toes, cut them off. And then he says, as I have done, so God has repaid me. Then they brought him to Jerusalem and then eventually he dies there. But just think about that. What a shame it is when you have kings and there were 70 of them over the years, 70 of them that were sitting under this Bezek's table eating the scraps. Now why were they under his table? Because he had cut off what? Their thumbs and their big toes. And that's one of the devil's devices. He wants to cut off, spiritually speaking now, your thumbs and your big toes. That's interesting. 
Bezak did this seven to 70 kings. Notice in Revelation chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. Revelation chapter 1, that's the last book in the Bible. Chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. I want to point something out to you. It talks about this in verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood... And has made us what? Made us what? What did the blood of Jesus do? Has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Notice the Bible says right here that we're kings and priests unto God through Jesus Christ. When we place our faith in him, we become kings and priests before God. And so many of us as kings are sitting under the devil's table, just like Bezak had those 70 kings sitting under his table, we as kings are sitting under the devil's table, eating his scraps, the devil's scraps, because we've allowed the devil to spiritually cut off our thumbs And our big toes. Now you're probably still wondering what's the significance of the thumbs and the big toes. Well, here it is. Without your thumb, without your thumbs, you can't grab anything, can you? Not very well. Oh, let me just try picking up this water without my thumb, okay? Now let me try opening it without my thumb. Well, I'm still actually using some of this thumb up here. Okay, so it can be done. But it isn't easy, is it? So, okay, but now what about grabbing a sword? Huh? What about grabbing a sword? Well, think about just hitting a golf ball. Try hitting a golf ball. Try hitting a baseball without you. Try, you getting my point? Throwing a football. Huh? Shooting a hockey puck. How about riding? What about grabbing a sword? The reason that Bezak cut the king's thumbs off is so that they could not take up their swords. And similarly, if your big toes are cut off, you know, we take a lot for granted. But just think, if your big toes are cut off, you will not be able to maintain your balance very well. You're not going to be able to go into a fight and fight. Think if your thumbs are cut off, you can't grab the sword. If your big toes are cut off, you're not going to have balance to stand. And so when you can't take your sword and you can't stand because you can't get your balance, you're at a disadvantage and you wind up under the devil's table eating his scraps. And that's where many Christians are, even as I speak, in the land today sitting under the devil's table, eating his scraps because they have allowed the devil to, spiritually speaking, cut off their thumbs and their big toes. Look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. Ephesians 6, verse 13. The Bible says, Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand therefore. So, of course, the Bible says, you know, in another place, it says we wrestle, I think maybe even up, just up above here, it says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Is that right? But against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, wicked spirits in high places. Doesn't the Bible say that? So our battle in this, in this life here is not against people, but we do have to stand up against the devil. Is that right? And the Bible says right here, having done all to stand, stand therefore with the armor of God, right? said take up the whole armor of God. How are you going to be able to stand in that armor if your big toes are cut off? Well, you'll be able to stand maybe, but you can't stand firm like you need to because you're what? You're out of, you can't get your balance. And the devil will be able to just knock you right off your feet, you see. 
Verse 14, stand therefore having girded your waist with truth, put on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith where you'll be able to quench all the fire darts of the wicked one. And then look at this, verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation and the what? The, the sword of the Spirit. See, there's that sword, isn't it? We're supposed to take that sword, which is, of course, what? The Word of God. We're supposed to take that sword, which is the Word of God. Can you see why the devil wants to cut off our spiritual thumbs so we can't take the what take the sword of the spirit which is the word of God and so when we allow the devil if we allow the devil to cut off spiritually speaking our thumbs and our big toes then we cannot stand therefore and we cannot take the sword of the spirit which is the word of God and we wind up under the devil's table eating his Scraps. Now the question is, how does the devil cut off our thumbs? Let's talk about thumbs first. How does the devil cut off our thumbs, spiritually speaking? How, how, how does he do that? Well, I, I think the answer is found in Matthew, the 13th chapter, and the 18th verse. Now what is the sword? What is, what is the sword? It's the what? It's the... Word of God. And so the devil wants to cut off our spiritual thumbs so we can't take that sword. We can't hold that sword. We can't take the word of God as we should. How does the devil cut, cut our spiritual thumbs off? Matthew 13, verse 18. Jesus, our Lord, says, Therefore hear the parable of the sower, which is the most basic parable of them all. And he says, When anyone hears the word, now the word is the sword of the Spirit, isn't it? So how does the devil cut off our spiritual thumbs? Now watch this. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away that which was sown in his heart. Notice here, and does not understand it. When, if you study into that a little bit, what, it, what that is really, in, 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 as you get into the original language of the Greek and you, and you study a little bit about and does not understand it, what that's talking about is when you hear the word of God, of course Satan comes immediately, did you know he's a master distractor? Yes or no? The devil, I, I hate the devil, got no use for him. He's a distractor. He will work overtime to distract you from hearing this word of God. And once you hear it, then after you hear it, he comes immediately to distract you from it. I've been doing this a long time. I've, this church, 25 years, started from scratch. Before that, in the ministry, about four or five years before that, just volunteering, you know, in another man's ministry. And uh, I, I, I've preached a lot of messages and I've watched over the many years, even as I'm teaching the Word of God, you'll see so many that I'm talking over the last, don't anybody get nervous, I'm not talking necessarily about you all, but over the last 25, 30 years, even when I'm teaching the Word of God, as you look out, you'll see people, they're distracted with this, that, or the other. They're not, they're not sitting there hanging on every word, they're you know, from looking at their watch to now we've got the cell phones to every kind of thing you can imagine. And a lot of times you don't even need the, Christians don't even need the devil to, to distract them. There's a lot going on that people are just, they get distracted themselves. Did you hear what I just said? And so, and the, when, when one hears the word of God, they don't understand it. It, it, it also means that, that you're not, it means you're not giving it the word your full attention. You're not doing it. You're not seeking it out. You're not searching it out. You're just hearing it. Come on a Sunday morning, sit and listen to the message. And then once a person gets through the doors in the back, they don't give it any thought anymore after that. The devil's distracting. See what I'm saying? And through that, that's one means whereby he cuts off our spiritual thumbs. thumbs. 
Why do so many Christians sit under the devil's table eating his scraps? Again, I've been doing this a long time. I thought about this. If I had to guess, I would say that probably... Now listen to this. This is just my observation over 30 years. I would say probably, conservatively, 85 to 90% of Christians do not, do not read their Bibles at all during the week. Is that fair? And that's even statistically. That matches our observation. 90% don't even read their Bibles during the week, much less study. You know there's a difference between reading the Word and studying it. And so, so 9 out of 10 Christians don't even spend any time in this book during the week. Most of them, if they go to church, come, listen to the message, and forget it by the time they get to the back door. Now, I'm not putting anybody down. I'm trying to help you. Why are Christians sitting under the, under the devil's table eating his scraps? Because they have allowed the devil to cut off their spiritual thumbs. And notice what else the devil will do to cut off your spiritual thumbs. Watch this, verse 20, Matthew 13, 20. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word, receives it immediately, receives it with joy, but has no root well, you can see that if you hear the word and you don't spend time in it beyond just hearing it, you're not going to have any, there's not going to be any root in you. Is that right? Is that, is that correct? I mean, it, it, how do you get a, a, a plant to take root? You've got to plant it and you've got to plant it in good ground and then you've got you to water it and you've got to take care of it, don't you? He has no root in himself, endures only for a while. Now watch this. When tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately that person stumbles. Well, wow, now all of a sudden we've got the thumbs hooked up with the big toes. If, if the devil cuts your thumbs off, you see, just by not being able to hold the word, we haven't even gotten to talk about the toes yet. We're headed that way. But just right here, you can even see that if you don't have a solid grip of the word, it's going to affect your stance, isn't it? And then verse 22, so you see you got tribulation, you got persecution that the devil's hitting you with. Has anybody had any issues to deal with this week besides me, you know? I, I don't know, I guess it was Monday morning I was getting ready, I was driving out my, getting get ready to drive up out the road to come up here to the office and just that quick... Some, some things came up and my whole day was changed. Just like that, dealing with things I didn't want to have to deal with. Has that ever happened to anybody besides me? And, and have you ever noticed if you do make a decision, I'm going to set this time aside to seek God. I'm going to set this time aside to study the Word. I'm going to set this time aside. Has anybody ever noticed besides me that as you're headed to that time, every kind of thing in the world will come up? And a lot of times you, you'll even get into that place in that, you know, okay, I'm going to set this hour aside to study and pray. And you get, and, and every kind of thought will start coming through your head that you can't even imagine. Has that ever happened to anybody besides me? What is the devil doing here? He's trying to cut off our thumbs. Right? And then verse 22, now he who received seed among the thorns... Now, here's, here's probably one of the biggest ones in this list, how the devil cuts off our spiritual thumbs. Now, he who has received seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. Now, Matthew's account does not say what I'm about to read, but Mark's account does. So if you want to... Look at Mark's account sometime. You can verify what I'm telling you. The Mark's account says, and the desires for other things. So I'll read this again. The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things. Notice what those things do. They choke the word, and he, not the word, but the person, becomes what? Becomes unfruitful. 
So what does the devil use also to cut off our spiritual thumbs? He uses the cares of this world. And you know there's, the world's full of cares, isn't it? The deceitfulness of riches. Nothing wrong with having money, but it's wrong when money has you. You know how you can tell if money has you. You can tell if money has you can tell if money's the lord of your life if when the offering bucket goes by you can't put in your tithe. You can see one reason why this church isn't packed out wall to wall cuz of statements just like that. You can tell if money is your lord if when the offering bucket goes by you can't release your tithe into it. And money's got you. Right? Absolutely true. Absolutely true. I'm not trying to get your money. I say very little about money around here. Have you ever noticed that? I say very little. You see how long it took up to you see how long it took us to take up the offering today? Just moments, seconds. I didn't preach for a whole hour giving you an offering message, did I? It's not necessary. I should say more about money than what I do. The Bible says you cannot serve. Jesus said you can't serve God and money. How can I know if money has a hold of me? Remember the rich young ruler? How many remembers him? And Jesus, now in his case, Jesus said, told him to sell it all and give to the poor and come follow me. And he couldn't do it. Why? The Bible said he had great riches. But really what? Great riches had him. You can tell if money's got the grip on you if when God, not when the pastor, but when God speaks to your heart and says, give something, and you cannot do it. The deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things. Do you know, and I've watched this over so many years, and I've watched this, and it's easy to see why so many Christians, I'm not talking just about you all. I'm talking about doing this for many years, dealing with thousands of people over 30 years. You can see why they're sitting under the devil's table eating his scraps is because the desires for other things enter in and choke that person. Desires for other things. There's nothing wrong with having interests in other things and whatnot. Um, I'll pick on the Cardinals today. I love the St. Louis... I, I shouldn't say... I, you know, I shouldn't say I love the Cardinals. I love my wife. I enjoy the Cardinals. Is that a better way to say it? I've enjoyed them for years. But they're not more important to me. The game is not more important to me than the Lord Jesus Christ and the Word of God. Did you hear me? Uh I remember over the many years, this is just an example, just an example, but fantasy football. Has anybody ever heard of fantasy football? And, and I had a group of guys many years ago that, that their big thing was fantasy football, fantasy football. I'm not against fantasy football, but I am against it when, and what they wanted, they wanted this church atmosphere, not all of them, but many of them, believe me, because some of them told me privately, they wanted the main thrust of this atmosphere to be about fantasy football. I withstood that. I don't want the main reason you come to church on Sunday morning to get with your buddies to have fantasy football talk. And I told them, I said, well, if you guys want to do that, that's fine. And I know in one case they even donated the money to missions. So I'm not against it. But what I'm against is when fantasy football is the main thing. I told them, go ahead and do it, but keep it in the background. I want it done in the background. I don't want it to be the main thing that, that's floating around this atmosphere. I want the Holy Ghost floating around this atmosphere. Amen. And that's another reason I don't have walls, wall-to-wall people in the church. But I can lay my head on my pillow at night knowing I did what God wanted me to do. Because they all took their balls and, pretty much <laughs> and left. And they left with their spiritual cut thumbs cut off so they won't be able to throw that football too far, will they? Do you understand? I'm not against those things. I'm just, I'm not against other things, but when the desires for other things 
overwhelm us that it chokes us out from the Word of God. Do you understand what I'm talking about? I don't want anybody sitting under the devil's table eating his scraps. And so that's how the devil does it. He'll come at you. He'll distract you. He'll hit you with tribulation, with persecution. He'll hit you with the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desires for other things. And in so doing, all of those things put together causes your spiritual thumbs to be cut off. And you become unfruitful. You wind up under the devil's table eating the devil's scraps. You getting anything out of this? Interesting, isn't it? And then let's, let's conclude up this message now by talking about the, the toes. He goes after the big toes. Why does he go after the big toes? So we can't maintain what? Balance. Okay? You understand that? And uh, the first way, and there, there's two things I want to note about these big toes because there's two main ways that the devil will try to cut off our spiritual toes the first is this now how many of you would agree balance is good is balance good it's good to be balanced isn't it the first way that the devil tries to cut off our big toes is by driving us to extremes because you would agree with me, if you're extreme in some area, that means you're, 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 you're probably not balanced very good. Is that right? right. Let me give you, give you and, he, and he does this, the devil works on us, not only in, in spiritual areas, but in natural areas. I'll give you an example with myself. I, I'm kind of a, I, in, in, in this pulpit up here, I've had people compliment me over the years. They say, you're very balanced on biblical issues. And I, and I work over, over time to be balanced on biblical issues. But in my personal life, I struggle with balance. My wife will tell you. I'll, I'll use my diet. Uh, from the time I was 20 years old to the time I was 50 years old, I was way, 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 way overweight. And uh, I would eat. Just about everything in sight. You give me a box of chocolate-covered cherries. I, 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 you know, what was there? Let's see. There were six or seven of them. How many remembers those chocolate-covered cherries? Christmas time. Mother would always give those out. And I, I'd always sneak upstairs and eat a box or two of them. She never knew the difference. But uh, all those were good. You bite into them, that cream comes. Whoo! Bing. I think they were Bing. Oh, I love. Whoo! Chocolate-covered cherries. And I'd go, but I'd eat, I'd eat, I'd not only eat all of them, but I'd eat the end out of the box, you know. I'd eat, I'd eat Snickers bars, payday bars. I'd get it, and then uh, something else with my personality, I can't, I can't choose. Do I want the Snicker or do I want the payday? Which do I, which one? Which one? So you know what I do? You, you, You buy them both, eat them both, see. Do I want White Castle or, or, or do I want McDonald's? Which do I want? Well, well, you, you get them both, right? You, you understand? And, uh, and I never exercised. Why do you want to do that? And I was, my health was very poor. And so I made a change. And, 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 and so, see, we want to be balanced how many of you know there's nothing wrong with eating chalk-covered cherries? You just don't eat six or eight of them. You just have one or two. Is that right? right. Nothing wrong with having a payday or a snicker once in a while, but just, just eat one of them. And you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You know? Nothing wrong with a White Castle or a McDonald's, but you don't have to do both of them on the same day within 30 minutes. Uh, you, you know what I'm saying? Like I used to do. But then, then you get in the ditch on the other side of the road. And now, and for a while there, I hardly ate anything. And all that weight start coming off, and then I started exercising. And then you get to the point where you're not hardly eating anything. You're hungry all the time. You're, you're shaking. You're half starved all the time. And then I'm exercising all the time to the point I can't hardly get out of bed or even walk across the floor because I'm so worn out. See, that's in the ditch on the other side, isn't it? You see how you can be driven to one extreme or the other in natural things. That's just an example. I could give many and you watch people over time as a pastor. You just watch them over time, so unbalanced in 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 different areas of their life, you know. And 
What's the devil doing there? He's trying to cut off spiritually our big toes so we can't stand. And then, of course, like in spiritual things, I tell you what, the devil will try to drive us to extremes on biblical issues and and spiritual things, tried to get us out of balance. And this is perhaps the biggest reason that I've seen over the years why uh, 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 Christians sit under the devil's table eating his scraps is because the devil's able to get them out of balance on on biblical things. Let's just, I just wrote, have a few of them down here like health, 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 H-E-A-L-T, health, for example. You know, there's some people, let's talk about some extremes here. Uh, some people will tell you that, that, that sickness is from God and it's for His glory. Now, how many of you know that's not right? But others will tell you that if you're sick, if you're sick, then you've committed some sin. How many of you know that's not right? See, both are extremes. Finances. Some people will tell you that you have to be broke completely to be in the will of God. How many of you know that's not right? But others will say that if you're really in the will of God, you're going to have money flowing, have more money, you're going to be millionaires. How many of you know that's not right? Do you see what the devil does there? You go into certain camps of, of, uh, you know what I mean when I say a spiritual camp where preachers are preaching, and they'll say that unless you've got, you know, diamond rings and watches and Cadillacs and Rolex watches, that, that unless you have those things, you're not in the will of God. Others will say that to be in the will of God, you've got to be broke, busted, and disgusted. Neither one of those are right. What's the devil doing? He's trying to cut off our spiritual big toes. God wants us to have all our needs met. He wants to bless us financially. I believe in financial prosperity. It's just not, what did we say a while ago? Money's not supposed to get a hold of us. Uh, here's one, experiencing problems in your life. Some will tell you that, that uh, as far as, as, as problems go, they'll say, well, if you're really in the will of God, you won't have any problems at all. If you're really in the will of God, you'll have no problems at all. Well, tell that to the Apostle Paul. Was he in the will of God? We know he was. Did he have problems on every side? But yet, some people will tell you that unless you're in the will of God, or they'll say this, well, I got problems on every side, so that proves I'm in the will of God. You see, neither one of those are right. Correct? Again, some will say, well, if you're in the will of God, you'll have no trouble. Others will say that you can't be in the will of God unless there's trouble on every side. See, the devil's drive, trying to drive to extremes. How many of you know that the Bible says that, 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 that uh, many are the... Here's the balance. See, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will what? Deliver him out of them all. See, now that's the statement of a man who has his spiritual toes on. Right? Like back on the sickness thing. I mean, we live in this world. We live in these bodies. And the devil can attack us from time to time. As we age, things come up. But, 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 but you know, uh, as sickness might try to hit our bodies, we can stand on the word of God and believe God. And, and the Bible says that Jesus bore our stri- uh, he, he, with his stripes, what? We are what? We're healed, see? See, there's a man that's balanced, you see. And, and, and we, 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 we could go on... We could go on and on and on with, with like, like the devil and demons. Some people will tell you that uh, there's a devil around every, every corner and a demon around every corner and a demon's on doorknobs. They're all over the place. Others will say there's no such thing as a devil or demon. How many of you know neither one of those are right? What's the truth? What's the balance? The balance is is that there is a devil out there. There are demons, but Jesus defeated them, and we have victory over them in his name. Is that right? You don't go out running, looking for the devil. You run with God. If the devil rears his ugly head, you submit to God, resist the devil, he'll flee. See, that's a statement of of a man that's got his spiritual toes on. Well, we're talking about the devil's devices today, one of his devices, about spiritual thumbs and toes. But like, for example, uh, some will tell you you don't have to do anything about the devil at all. Jesus defeated him. Others will tell you that you gotta be fighting the devil all the time. Well, how many of you know Jesus, now here's a balance. Jesus did defeat the devil, didn't he? 
but we're still in a fight of faith, are we not? We're supposed to take the whole armor of God, and a good fight's one that you win. So what, what's the balance? Well, there is a devil, there are demons, but Jesus defeated them, and we're supposed to stand in the power of the armor of God in the name of Jesus and, and, walk, on, and walk on the head of the devil. Is that right? See, there's a man with, a, with his spiritual toes on. Church attendance. There's some people tell you that you've got to be in church every time the doors open and you've got to be at every meeting. You've got to be at everything, 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 everything. And some will tell you, well, you don't have to ever go to church at all. Have you ever heard anybody say, well, I don't have to go to church to be saved? Have you ever? See, what am I talking about? I'm talking about extremes. Well, how many of you know you don't have to be at church all the time to go to heaven? How many of you know you don't ever have to go to church to, be, to go to heaven? Is that right? But this Bible tells us again and again and again not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Is that correct? So what's the balance on it? The balance is, is that we're saved by grace through faith and that Jesus commanded us, the Word commands us to go to church. We ought to be in church. You know, if something comes up here and there that we can't make every service, how many of you know that that's not the end of the world, is it? You just, you come and be here, be here faithful wherever God's told you to go, be there faithful and so on and so forth. If you miss a service here or there, you know, the sun's still going to come up in the east and set in the west. Is is that right? Did I get that right? You know, but uh, do, do the best you can. And, uh, but, but, but don't make a God out of church. You know, some, some, some preachers will, uh, will make a God out of church. You got to be there every time and it becomes legalistic. And how many of you know that's no fun? But you need to be in church regular. You need to, if you're not in church regular, we told you last week that you, what, what, what happens? You set yourself up to be deceived by the devil. Is that right? So what's the balance? You were saved by grace through faith, not from church attendance, but we need to be in church as much as we can. Amen? That's a man with his spiritual toes on. Oh, here's another one, the last one on this. You understand what I'm saying about balance? Can you see how the devil tries to drive to extremes? This is one you may or may not remember, but uh, I don't know, about 15, 20 years ago, somewhere in there, that the, the, those services, those laughing services and those hilarity services and laughing all the time, running around the room and jumping up and down, rolling, ro- rolling on the floor was real big in the land. Remember that? How many remembers that? Now, I believe in the joy of the Lord. I believe in, 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 there, that, that God wants us to be joyful. I, but how many of you know you could push something too far? And, and, and back at that time, you're made to feel it, that if you were not laughing and jumping and all of that stuff, that you weren't spiritual. Okay. You understand what I'm saying? And so, so there's, a, there's a truth in the holy, holy joy, and I believe in it. There's a dance in the spirit. I, I, I believe in all that. I do, as, as long as it's the Holy Ghost unctioning it. Are you okay? But now what's happened, if you look around in the land, you, don't har- you, you still have some pockets of that, but almost none. Now it's moved into the ditch on the other side of the road where you'll get three songs, you get a 15-minute little pep talk, and everybody has to get out of there in a half an hour, and there's no room for the Holy Ghost to move at all. See, now the devil's pushed into the ditch on the other side of the road. Can you see those extremes? What's the devil trying to do? He's trying to cut off our... Spiritual big toes. I know with them laughing services all those years ago, and, 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 and you get Christians, you know, in auditoriums laughing, acting like hyenas, you know? You know what I mean? Laughing like hyenas going on while the area around them is dying and going to hell, and they're in there acting like a bunch of crazy fools. Did you ever notice that? With their spiritual big toes cut off. And I'm not against having, having a Holy Ghost move. I'm all for that. But you understand what I'm saying. And, and if you go back to 20 some odd years ago, if you notice almost, it, 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 you see how the devil works. It start, I think that move really started out as a move of God, but then the devil gets in there and, and the flesh gets in there. And then, and then the next thing you know, every, say every service, every service is that way. To the point now where in so many of the big mega churches, it, it, you got every, every service, they're always telling you what you want to hear all the time. You tune in. You're, I mean, when you go to McDonald's, you know what you're going to get. Is that right? Uh, let's don't use McDonald's because people sit there and argue with me on that. Let's pick another one. Let's, White Castle. Anybody knows? 
if you're uptown, you'll call it Waite Castell or whatever, however you say it. Yeah, yeah. But when you go in there, you know what you're going to get every single time. I mean, there's not much variation, is there? How many of you know when you come to church, it ought to really be kind of like a box of chocolates. You're never going to know what you get. If the Holy Ghost is in it, you never really know what you're going to get when you come to church. You just know you're going to get the move of God. If you come to this church, I try to run it like a box of chocolates. You don't know, because a lot of times I don't know what I'm going to do. I come with a message, but the Holy Ghost can take me off the message and, and preach something that, that I studied, I got ready, and all of that. But you get, you get off your notes and you say things people really need to hear. Did you get what I just said? I don't want to go to church where I'm going there and I always know that that preacher is going to give me 15 minutes of what I want to hear every single time. Huh? Did you get get what it's like going to White Castle? You know what? I mean, they've only got one hamburger there. Am I right? I mean, pretty much the same. Yes or no? No, shut up. (laughs) I'm teasing. I'm kidding with you. But you get what I'm trying to say. I was just teasing. He, I love him. He, he knows I was teasing. But you see what, you see you get a 15 minute message and the preacher's got to get you out at a certain time. Blah, 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 blah. You see, spiritual big toes cut off. You're out of balance. You want to be in balance. You know? Uh, grace versus works. That's a big thing going on now. In the land. Grace versus works. And you know, some people say, well, you get in the ditch on one side. Well, we're saved by grace. Live however you want. How many of you know the Bible doesn't say that? And then others will say that, well, our works can help out the grace of God. And, and our works can, can help a little bit to get us into heaven. How many of you know that's not right? You know, we're saved by grace through faith. And the Bible says that that grace empowers us to live holy. That's a man that's got his spiritual big toes on. What am I trying to tell you? I'm trying to tell you that the devil will try to get us into biblical extremes. And when he gets us into those biblical extremes, we get our, he cuts our toes off and we can't stand as we should. It's only when you have your spiritual big toes on that you can stand balanced with the Word of God. And then here's the second thing that the devil does to cut our, uh, uh, our, our big toes off. Is, is he tries his best to cause us to be lukewarm. Do you know what lukewarm means? Not hot and not cold, but lukewarm. And as a result, when you become lukewarm, listen to this, I'm almost finished. When you become lukewarm, you will not take a stand for anything. You will not stand against the devil and you will not stand for God. Now, you need, I need to say that again. You need to get a hold of this. The devil, first he tries to drive us to spiritual extremes. And then, if he can't really get us to do that, then the next thing that he'll do, or a lot of times he works these in conjunction one with the other, he tries, us, tries to cause us to become lukewarm. Not hot, not cold. And when we become lukewarm, we won't take a stand for anything. We won't be able or we won't stand against the devil and we won't be able or we won't stand for God. And somebody once said, if we don't stand for something, we'll fall for anything. You see, we know the devil has cut off our spiritual big toes if we're not making a stand for Bible truths. You see, I'm going to stand, and I've always done my best to stand here, that the Bible is the inerrant, holy word of Almighty God. That there is a trinity, God the Father, God the Son, the Lord Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. Salvation, there's a heaven to gain, and there's a hell to shun. And the only way to miss hell and make heaven is to repent of your sins and receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. That's the only way to miss hell and make heaven. I, I, I stand that heaven is eternal just like hell is eternal. I stand that the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance is still for us today. The gifts of the Holy Ghost are still valid for today and should be moving not only in our services but should be moving in our personal lives and actually should be 
moving in our personal lives probably more than moving in a local church service, you see. I believe in the healing power of God, that Jesus is still in the healing business. He bore our sickness and carried our disease, and with his stripes we are healed. Praise God forevermore. I believe in, in angels. How many of you know there's, there's holy, wonderful, magnificent angels? I also believe there's devils and devil and demons. I believe there's a rapture of the church soon to come where the Lord himself descends from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first, and we who are alive and remain will be changed in a moment, and twinkling of an eye will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. I believe there's a tribulation period coming. I believe there's a second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe there's going to be a 1,000-year millennial reign of Christ. I believe that eventually he's going to renovate this earth and this atmosphere with fire. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. I'm against abortion, and I'm against homosexuality. Can anybody say amen? See, what did I just do? I just took a stand because I got my spiritual toes on. When you have a preacher on national television who, 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 and has one of the largest churches in the land and has asked, is Jesus the only way to get to heaven? And they can't answer that question or won't answer that question. Let me say it right. They won't answer that question. What do we know that that preacher sitting there, and if you could see his spiritual feet, he doesn't have his toes on? Yes or no? When a preacher is asked about abortion, and they can't tell you at the snap of a finger that it is murder, or they won't tell you that, or they're asked ask about homosexuality, and they hem-haw around that, Homosexuality is not an alternative lifestyle. It's the Bible says it's sin. Now, 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 if somebody's had an abortion, do we love that lady? Absolutely love them. If somebody's a homosexual, do we love that? We absolutely love them. We don't put them down. We don't beat them over the head. We love them. Say we love them. We love them. But we love them enough to tell them the truth. And, and here's something else, balance. Are you ready for a little more balance here? You know, as a preacher, we don't need to just be beating people up over sexual sins. Uh, we shouldn't be beating people up at all, but we shouldn't be just talking about sexual sins. We ought to, what about gossiping? What about lying? What about cheating? What about stealing, huh? What about having bad attitudes? What about that? And the Bible says all that is not of faith is what? Is sin. For, for a man to know to do good and not do it, to him it's what? It's sin. See the balance? See how I try to keep it balanced in there. It's real easy for a preacher to start beating other people over the head. Huh? Yes or no? You know? I, I, you know, I, I, where the Lord really got, got to me some years ago as well, well as on other things. But, you know, I'm standing, I'm, I don't mean to be offensive to anybody. I'm just talking about myself now. But I'm standing up here 60, 70 pounds overweight. Talking to people about not being drunkards, not being homosexuals. And all the time I'm standing up here and there ought to have been a neon sign over my head pointing at glutton, glutton, glutton. Huh? Hey, it's not easy to stand up here and admit you're wrong. Huh? Come on now. Glutton, 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 60, 70 pounds overweight. I'm up here talking about homosexuality, sin. Come on now. Glutton, 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 because I was a glutton. Are you mad at me for saying that? But the point is, is the devil will try to get us to become lukewarm. So we won't be able to stand against the devil or stand for God. So let's not allow the devil to cut off our thumbs and big toes and wind up eating scraps from underneath his table. But rather, let us stand firm, not going to extremes on natural things or spiritual things, standing balanced on the word of God. Not being lukewarm. Let us take the sword of the Spirit, the word of God, and now watch this. Let us take the sword, now listen to this, let us take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and cut the devil's thumbs and big toes off. Remember how Bezak cut all those 70 kings? He cut their thumbs and toes off for years, but eventually what happened to that evil king, Bezak? He wound up with his thumbs and toes cut off, sitting eating scrap. Is that right? 
And so why don't we let us, let us. See, the devil's been cutting our big thumbs and big toes off for years and years. We're sitting under his table eating the scraps. Let us, let us take the sword of the Spirit. Let us take the Word of God. Let us get the Word of God in our hearts and let it come out of our mouths. And let us cut the devil's thumbs and big toes off as he's tried to do to us. Let's do to him in the name of Jesus. And then let's you and me pull our chairs up to the table of God, the, God, the table that God has prepared for us us in the presence of our enemies and let the devil who's under our feet eat our scraps from from underneath God's table. Can you say amen? amen? Amen. Stand with me if you would. Praise God. Hope you got something out of this. With your heads bowed and eyes closed. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to teach this word. And I trust that the people will be hearers of the word, rememberers of the word, doers of the word. And that we'll all stand in the revelation and the light of this message. And we will refuse to allow the devil to ever cut our big toes or our thumbs off. And if he's done that, we're going to change it. And we're going to rise up in the revelation of this message. We trust you to grow our spiritual uh, thumbs and toes back out. And we'll stand in the revelation of this message. And we'll take your word, standing firm on it, we'll cut the devil's thumbs and toes off, and he can eat scraps from underneath your table instead of the other way around, sir, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now, with heads bowed and eyes closed, listen to me. If you are here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, if you've never repented of your sins and asked Jesus to come into your heart and you believed on him and trusted him, uh, you need to do that because they're really, when you die, if you die without doing that, without receiving Jesus, the Bible says there's a hell and he doesn't want, God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. And the only way to miss that and make heaven is to repent of your sins and, and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. There's no other, way to, no other way to miss hell and make heaven. So if you need to do that, when I dismiss here in just seconds... You walk up here and there's some nice people standing up here in the front. Get with one of them and say, hey, introduce me to Jesus. And they will. You'll miss hell. You'll make heaven. And he'll make your life worth living in the meantime. If you need healing in your body, you need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You need prayer for whatever it may be. I want you to come up and let them minister to you. What do I mean by that? They'll just talk with you and have a word of prayer with you. So you need to do that if, if, if that's you when we dismiss. Now, right now, if you don't know, there's a, one of our dear church members, Alex, uh, went out on a, on a, on a uh, text this morning. Alex Collins, wonderful man. He, he almost collapsed this morning. There's something not right with him. He's up at the emergency 